Welcome to this episode of the Connecting Faith to Life podcast. I'm Trey Rhodes, the Connections Pastor at Northwood Baptist Church here in North Charleston, South Carolina. In just a few moments, our lead pastor, Dr. Tommy Metter, will be joining the conversation as well. In our crazy and chaotic world, our hope is that these few minutes will help you stop and reflect on your relationship with Jesus as you learn to connect Christ-centered faith to your everyday life. This is episode 122 of the Connecting Faith to Life podcast. And so as you're listening today, make sure that people get out there and get the word out to wherever you go and whatever you're doing and uh, just let them know. And as we talked last week in, in your small group or just pass the word around, let them know that uh, the, the Connecting Faith to Life podcast is there for them. Um, and, and truthfully, people do want to learn how to connect Biblical principles to everyday life, and uh, you know, the Bible does to, make I want to learn difference. how to connect Christmas lights better. There you go, connecting yeah. Christmas lights. You think it's better? I don't know. I just want to connect them. I'm ready. <laughs> You're ready to get we it going. All right. About that before we we start were recording. talking about that just beforehand. So. And and what was fun is you talked about how in your neighborhood there is a Christmas light competition this year. Yes, it is. But I'm not going to give away why there is because <laughs> my people might be listening to this. Um, no, really, we are. We're as as far as it's up to me. I'm going to try to organize a Christmas. <laughs> so uh, you light determined. Contest. You decided that in your neighborhood there's going to be a Christmas light. Con- Nobody else knows about this yet, but you. But me, and I'm going to pass it out. Let them know. I'm going to I'm going to do it the the day after Thanksgiving. Let everybody know that there is and there will be a grand prize of twenty five dollars. <laughs> You're and it's sponsored wide. by the Rhodes family. So. Come on, man. You can do better than that. Nobody wants to enter your competition for $25. Well, then that's okay. They don't have to. I get my $25. I go buy more lights, and it even gets better next year. And so you'll be the only person participating in your contest that's and okay. the only winner. It's okay. Well, I'm going to, I'm gonna. if somebody wins, I'll, I'll put it on there. Well, who's going to be the judge of your Christmas light competition? Uh, I'm going to let my wife, who is very... <laughs> Who is very, I'm telling you, she would but never that, make me win if she didn't, you know, if I didn't deserve but it. But if so. you, if you don't win and she's the judge, how's that going to affect your marriage? I know it could be rough. Yeah. That, that's, I don't, I don't, we, you this haven't year will this be, this year will well. be 40 years and we might not make it. So <laughs> over that. You haven't thought this through very well, Trey. I'm just, I'm from coming from a champion over here. But you, I know, you I know you're a champion. Well. And so, yeah. you know, this discussion has helped immensely. <laughs> <laughs> to, to me to, for me to be able to think through it. And speaking of thinking through it, uh, <laughs> you don't want to talk about this anymore, do you? You're ready to move on. I'm done. I'm ready to go. <laughs> Old Testament can be a hard thing to read. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. matter of fact, when we, we, new believers, we always encourage them probably don't jump into the middle of judges or something Yeah, uh, because it can be super complicated yeah. to understand uh, what it's saying, how to, how to, deal with it, uh, how to interpret it, how to apply it to lives and all those things. So, um, and I really think that most people have read the old Testament simply because, so they can tell people, yeah, I've read I've through read the it. whole Bible, right. you know, that sort of thing. <laughs> but I think there is value in reading the old Testament and there not is. just the it's Psalms the and Proverbs. Yeah. I mean, some of the other parts that make a huge difference. So, yeah, absolutely. um, pastor just kind of move us forward in that. Where, where, where can we go to kind of get yeah. better understanding so, of so the Old we Testament. We start a series where we're going to do for the next few weeks is we're going to look at the different genres of mm-hmm. scripture and talk about how we can read them well, right? So uh, when you think about genre, all we're, all we're saying is that there are different types of literature in the Bible. For example, mm-hmm. you mentioned Psalms, mm-hmm. poetry, right? You mentioned Proverbs, that's wisdom literature. You right. have 
prophetic books. Yeah. You have apocalyptic literature. That's Revelation, some of Daniel, Ezekiel, some of there. And Ezekiel, uh, you have one of them is epistles. Paul writes mm-hmm. letters. You have letters. Uh, you have a narrative both in the Old Testament and the New Testament Gospels. Uh, so you have a, a wide variety of literature in in the Bible. And so, so here's the deal, right? Trey, when you receive a letter from somebody, mm-hmm. you read that differently than you read a poem out of uh, a book of poems, right? Exactly. And so, so you think about a poem. A poem is is symbolic. It's metaphorical. Uh, a letter usually is pretty straightforward. So there, there's different because you know a letter is different than a poem. Mm-hmm. You're going to approach the way you read it a little bit differently. Yeah, correct. And so that's what we're saying with, with scripture. When we read scripture, we have to understand. Uh, the type of literature that we're reading uh, to help us uh, read it well so we can get the meaning out of it that God intends for us to get from that particular uh, passage we're reading. So so we're going to look over the next few weeks at these different genres of Scripture, whether it's poetry, whether it's you know law and the mm-hmm. Old Testament, whatever the case may be, and, and try to um, see how we can best read these these different types of literature. Now, if you want to think about it just kind of more broadly, really when we think about Scripture and the different genres, you really could classify all scripture into the three different categories or three different genres. Uh, you have, you have story, mm-hmm. you have poems and you have letters. That's, that's really it. If you boil it down yeah. to just three big categories, because you think about even in the old Testament and we'll talk about through this, I think some of the weeks ahead, you have the law, right? Right. You think about the old Testament law. I mean, first five books of the Bible. Um, there's a lot of law actually. A lot. Yeah. But all of that's in the context of a story. Mm-hmm. So even though it's law, it's it's kind of written into a story. Mm-hmm. So we can even classify law in some ways as part of the narrative. Uh, so we, we'll talk about that maybe in weeks ahead. But but all that to say, we're, what we're going to do over the next few weeks is simply walk through the different genres of Scripture and try to uh, help each other read these different genres better so we can get to the meat of what's in that text and understand it well. So we're actually saying there are ways that we can read a narrative versus the ways we read a poem yeah, or yeah, poetry yeah. Well, we in the Bible. Need, we need to know what it is. We so know what it is. So you can, yeah, that's yeah. exactly right. That's so exactly right. I recommend, and I'm, I'm not even kidding about this. This would be a good opportunity for everybody to get out a pen or pencil. Yeah, maybe And so. they would uh, put in the flyleaf of their Bible because yeah. as they read the scripture, they don't need to be hunting down, how did I do that? Right, They can right, go right, back right, and right, look right. and say, okay, this is what I need to do to look at it. So. so we'll try our best to make some sense of this. And today we're going to start with Old Testament Narrative. So we're going to talk about how many ways. Oh, we're going to talk about well, what we're going to talk about is how not to read Old okay. Testament narrative and how to read Old Testament narrative. This Got is it. important, right? Because you think about your Bible, mm-hmm. you think about the Old Testament. There's a lot of stories in the Bible. Yes, there are. When you think about the Old Testament in particular, uh, over forty percent of the Old Testament is story. Mm-hmm. Where you have you, know, you have your Psalms, you have your uh, prophets, you have your uh, wisdom literature, but you know forty percent. That's a that's a huge chunk of your Old Testament is story. You think mm-hmm. about you know, judges you mentioned earlier, yeah. you think about Ruth, you think about first and second Samuel, first and second Kings, Genesis, Exodus, uh, even, um, there, even numbers has yeah, a lot of stories. There, in there it, is. So. I mean, there's not so much in Leviticus, but there's some mm-hmm. Deuteronomy. So you have all these stories that are in your old Testament. How do you read them well so that you can get to the heart of what God is communicating to us through these stories? So I want to talk about how not to read the stories mm-hmm. 
and how to read the story. So, so that's what we're going to do. So let's start with how not to read the oh, stories. So, okay? so how do we not read the Old Testament okay. narrative or stories? Well, you, you need to not read the stories in the way that the early church fathers read the stories. Mm. Now, you might not be familiar with how the early church fathers read the stories, but what they would do, and some of you might have heard this word before, uh, they would read the stories allegorically. Yeah. All right. So, so what, in other words, when you had uh, early church fathers like Origen or, or Augustine or some of these guys, they were always looking for a hidden meaning. Mm-hmm. There, there's something underneath here. So they would look at the story and they would see um, different parts of the story. There was a moral lesson and there was a more spiritual lesson. And they were trying to uncover what that real spiritual hidden meaning was. And then they would take a story and for example, like Noah's Ark, mm-hmm. right? right? And they would say things like, you know, the, the, the wood of the Ark, uh, it represents the cross of Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. Well, that's that's nice, but that's not what the text says. Right. It's just a boat with right. wood, right? So the wood isn't the cross of Christ. It's just what they built the boat with. We, so, can, we can find Christ in that, yeah, in that narrative right. without find, having to say right, the cross right, is right. the boat. Right, so that, that's what they would do. They would make all these stretches with the text mm-hmm. to try to uncover this this hidden meaning. It was, it was what, we call, what we call allegory. And so mm-hmm. that's not the way we read the story. We read the story like a story. We'll get this in a minute, but, um, you know, it's a story. It's, it's got plot, it's got, you know, characters, it has a setting, all those kind of things that you probably learned in school mm-hmm. when you were coming up in an English class. Uh, so we don't read it to find hidden meanings. And, and, and you think about this, uh, we don't read the narratives to um, um, learn a moral lesson. Amen to that, because i got to tell you, there's a lot of things that, you know, here's what drives me crazy is people say, well, it's in the Bible. Yeah. And I go, where? And then they show me a narrative, and they yeah. say, well, look what he did. Yeah, I can do that, right? You know, he had 17 wives. <laughs> you know, really. I mean, I've heard people yeah, say those that, things. That's, that's, you don't want to follow their example half the time. Yeah. But but sometimes we'll, we'll look at the Bible, mm-hmm. and we'll read the Old Testament just kind of like Aesop's fables, mm-hmm. right? That there's a moral lesson here that we're trying to uncover. And I think be a like lot of this person or be like that person. You need to be like David. You know, he was a really yeah. good guy. Just try to be like him or be like Moses. He was really cool. And so it's kind of be like, and that's not the way we approach the Old and Testament And so we got to be, and so that leads me to the, the children's books. So many of the yeah. children's books, when they write about the Bible, yeah. that's pretty much where it goes. It's yeah. just this moral lesson, this, uh, you know, this person is this way, be this way. Yeah, so case know. in point is the story of David and Goliath. Mm. And so you think about the story of David and Goliath where David goes out and he defeats this giant. Um, and so kind of the moral of the story is you can defeat your giants too. Mm. I mean, be like David, defeat your giants. And that, I mean, that sounds good, but that's probably not what the author intended when he gave us that story. Mm-hmm. So, so, but what that does is you've taken that story and you've turned it into a moral lesson. David can defeat his giants you can feed, defeat your giants too. Just try mm. really hard, get you some smooth stones, throw them really hard, and boom, you'll do it. Or whatever the case and may the be. And the three stones are. And they list out what those three stones are. Father, Son, Holy Ghost, yeah, or Matthew, Mark, like- Luke, no John, whatever, you know? So, um, but just be careful of that. That And, and you're, you're right, Trey. You'll find that um, really in a lot of children's Bible books, you'll find uh, a lot of moralizing, mm-hmm. you know, let's be like this person, be like that person. Or I mean, even if you're, if you're teaching a, a, a kid's Sunday school class, you have to be careful of that because there's a temptation. Because if you think about it, that's kind of the way we tend to read stories mm. is we want to know what's the moral of the story, mm-hmm. right? Well, there there are certainly 
lessons we can learn from Old Testament narratives. And there are certainly things about David or Moses or Abraham that we should emulate, right? But the Mm -hmm. point of the Old Testament narrative is not to give you moral lessons. There's something much greater going on uh, than simply teaching you morality. Mm -hmm. And so just be careful of that. When you read the Old Testament, you're not reading it to find lessons about morality. Okay. Right? That's not the, now the Bible does teach us to be moral people, obviously, <laughs> yes, but, but, but you know, it's, we're not looking for the moral of the story. It's, it's the whole idea. Is, you know, it's trying to stretch for a meaning that's really not there. Yeah. And then that actually goes back to the allegory. Mm-hmm. I mean, very similar where they're trying to find things that aren't there yeah. or to stretch it so much yeah. that it is there. And, and I think this can happen as well. Like I said, especially, uh, and, and I would say another, another place that happens a lot is modern contemporary worship music or modern contemporary music, maybe yeah. not worship music in particular, but things you hear on the radio. Yeah. There's a famous band right now that sings, you know, if I could just be like David, you know, and, yeah. they, and yeah. all the giants of the, you know, it yeah. goes through the whole thing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And uh, so we, again, Which sounds good. makes for a good song, but and, and again, there are lessons we can learn mm-hmm. from scripture, but let's stick to what, what the scripture is actually communicating to us. Right. And what the scripture is communicating to us is that there is a God who loves you, who desires a relationship with you. And so all these stories are pointing us to the ultimate story, Mm -hmm. the story of Jesus, his death and resurrection. And so, so, so you think about, right, not only do we need to avoid allegory and not only do we need to look, avoid looking for the moral of the story, we need to um, avoid making the story so man centered. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So uh, just this idea that, the narratives aren't about the actual people in the stories. Mm-hmm. You think about Abraham's story. It's a great story. But ultimately, Abraham's story is not about Abraham. Right, of course not. It's about how God was at work in Abraham's life uh, to fulfill his purpose, mm-hmm. God's purpose of of starting a great nation, uh, a nation from whom ultimately Messiah would come from. I mean, that, that's the point that we're seeing in Genesis, how, how God's at work in the lives of specific individuals to bring about his purpose. David, you know, the great king of Israel, Mm -hmm. David's story is not about David. It's about God and how Mm -hmm. God raised up this king who would uh, uh, be the king that would uh, be the great ancestor of the ultimate king, Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. So again, every narrative you read or every story you read with these individuals, these characters, it, it is a story about how God is at work in these characters to bring about you know, his purpose. You think about, we looked at last Christmas on Sunday morning, the story of Ruth. Mm-hmm. It's a beautiful story, beautiful, beautiful love story, right? But again, the purpose of that story is to show us, right, how how Ruth becomes a part of this nation of Israel and from her lineage is going to come the Messiah. Mm. So you have all these, so a foreigner, right? A foreigner in the lineage of Jesus. So Which actually goes with Christmas. That's the whole great. point of Christmas. It's great. It? It's yeah. great. So you, but you see all these stories, you know, yeah. they're, they're not just about the people. Mm-hmm. They're not man-centered story. They're, they're God's, God is doing something to bring about his purpose. And mm-hmm. so just learning to read scripture in that way, when you're reading about Abraham, it's not so much about Abraham as it is about God himself. Mm-hmm. The story is not so much about Moses as the story is about God himself. Now we can learn from Moses. We can learn from Abraham. We, we, and we do mm-hmm. because we get to Hebrews chapter 12 or excuse me, Hebrews chapter 11, and we have this great hall of faith where, yes. where the writer of Hebrews points us back to Abraham and points us back to Moses and points us back to David and all these other great men and women and say, hey, these, these, were, these were, were models of faith. 
Mm-hmm. Right. And so we do learn from them. But again, just understanding that the story is not ultimately about them. The story is about God and his work of redemption in the lives of people. And so just as you're reading, right, you're 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 not looking for a hidden meaning in these stories. You're not looking for a moral lesson. There's something more going on there. And you're not looking at this kind of man centered perspective of, man, this is a really cool story about David or this mm-hmm. is a really cool story about Abraham. It's a story about God and God's work through his people for his purpose and for his glory. Right. That's right. All right, so we've learned how not to read the Old Testament. Uh, now let's, uh, the narrative, excuse me. But uh, then we also need to start the process of saying, okay, then how do we do it? Okay, so when you know this about the Old Testament narratives, that they do have a specific purpose. Okay. Right? So when you read through the story of David and Goliath, we might talk through this in a moment, there's a specific purpose in that story. Mm-hmm. Okay? Uh, they have, And they tell us what happened, but they don't tell us what should have happened necessarily. Mm. So, for example, uh, you read the story of David and Bathsheba. Yeah. That's a really wild story, right? It tells us what happened. David had a huge moral failing, Mm -hmm. but it doesn't tell us what should have happened, right? You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, We know what should have happened, but what I'm saying is that that when you read these stories— all the details aren't given to us all the time. Oh, yeah, definitely. Uh, they're selective and they're incomplete. And that's the thing about reading the Old Testament narratives, right? They're specific. The authors of the, these books, they they gave us these stories to, to, to show us how God was at work through broken and messed up peoples. Uh, they tell us what happened. They mm-hmm. don't always tell us what should have happened or what could have happened. They tell us what happened. This is what happened. And, and, and they, they oftentimes leave out all the details. So we're, we're left wondering, okay, what, what happened here or how did this go down or whatever the case may be. The, the, the Bible is selective in what it gives us. God gives us what he wants us to know. Um, and he, he gives us what's helpful for us in understanding his plan of salvation. So just understanding that as you read through that these stories are, are given to us by God and for a very specific reason and just kind of reading them and getting to the heart of the meaning of those stories. So to do that, I think what you need to do is you, you really not need to learn how to read narratives okay. on three different levels. So, so when you read narrative, um, think about it this way. Okay. All right. There, there's level one. Okay. And level one is, is, uh, the individual narrative. Okay. All right. So, so you think about the story of David and Goliath. Let's use that for the example. Cause All we already right. talked about that, that that's an individual story mm-hmm. about how David conquers Goliath through really faith in God, mm-hmm. he believes that his God is able to deliver him and ultimately the Israelites from uh, Goliath and the Philistines. Mm-hmm. That is the story, right? And so if you think about, you know, the the meaning of that story, what the author is trying to convey through that story is that, you know, God is the victor. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily David. David, you know, he's the one who throws the, the, the stones, but it's because he does it in the power of God. He believes that God, he has his faith in this God who's able to deliver him. And, and, and so many times I've just, and we've already talked about this, but just that to turn that around and to make it about David and what David did and have the faith of David and all these things. And instead of saying, Hey guys, think about God, what God did through this guy who wouldn't even accept armor. Yeah. Yeah. He went out bare. And sure. It's a story of bold faith. David has bold faith that Saul lacked Mm -hmm. and that the rest, it could be because you remember the story. They're all scared. Yeah. Yeah. But David has so much confidence in his God, in his God that he goes before Saul, says, I don't need the armor. I need my slingshot and I'll go get some stones and, and God will give us victory. You know, it's, it is a story that's focused on the power of God to deliver his people 
uh, through a, a simple servant like David. It is a story about God, and that's the that's the individual story. Yeah, right? and, and and as you read, and I think the people of Israel needed to hear that because as you read the Old Testament, the Philistines were a constant thorn in their yeah, side, yeah, constant. Yeah. I mean, David had to fight him, Solomon had to fight him. I mean, you just go all through and you hear it again and again and yeah. again. And the whole point was when they trusted God yeah. over and over again, yeah. you would see that they defeated the Philistines. Yeah. Yeah. When they left it to themselves, they lost every yeah. single time. Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, the, again, that comes back to trusting a God. Right, it has right. nothing to do with how powerful the Israelites were. Yeah. And uh, so often we turn it around on its head that way. Okay. So you think about Trey, but that's, that's level one. Yeah. What we did there okay. when, with that little story. Level one. Little story, we, we just, we looked at that story and we talked about, okay, let's get to the heart of this story. This story is a story about mm-hmm. how God is at work in the life of David uh, to bring down the enemy okay. of the Israelites. That, that, that's one. That's the standalone story. Okay. But that story is connected to a larger story. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Right? You have the, the story that, that, you know, is being told to us in, in First Samuel and then in Second Samuel, uh, that that is telling us ultimately how David became the king, mm-hmm. right? And so you know Saul, you know, he failed in faith. David, well, he's gonna have his failures too, obviously. But but David is a man after God's own heart. David is the one that God raises up to be the king that replaces Saul. And so you're seeing this, this story unfold in 1 Samuel, and it's the story of the nation of Israel and how the kingship is developed and how the kingship is is transferred to, to David and ultimately how David is going to be given a promise in yeah. 2 Samuel chapter 7 that there will be a king that comes and sits on his throne forever, right, the, mm-hmm. from from the line of David. And so, so th- that's how this particular story begins to relate to the stories around it in First and 2 Samuel. This story is showing us, right, that progression as to how God raises up David uh, to ultimately become the king of Israel. Mm-hmm. And this throne is going to be established through him. And so that that's so that's level two, right? So right. when you're reading a, an Old Testament narrative, you look at the standalone story. And this is, we'll talk about this in, in the weeks ahead. This is really when you're reading any passage of scripture. So you've got the standalone story. How does that story connect to the book as a whole, what's going on in the entire book, you know? And so that's why it's really important when you're reading through scripture that you do read, you know, through the Bible. Yeah. You don't yeah. just pick and choose. I'm going to read over here one day and over here the next day. No, read through the Bible and mm-hmm. see how, how the stories fit together. You yeah. see? So you have that. And then, you know, you have level three. So you have level one. How does this story stand alone? What's going on in this story? Right. What's the meaning of this story? How does it connect level two to the uh, rest of the book that I'm reading? Uh, level three, how does it connect to the entire Bible? Mm-hmm. Right? Because we, we talked about last episode how the Bible is one singular story. It's telling us a story of Jesus, mm-hmm. his death and his resurrection, God's plan of redemption uh, for mankind. And so, you know, this story of David and Goliath, it connects to the entire Bible. The question is, how does it connect to the entire Bible? Well, God delivers his people. That's kind of a theme of scripture. Yeah. And ultimately, uh, God is going to deliver his people, not through David, who is going to become a great king in Israel, but through a greater king, Amen. Jesus. And Jesus, he will defeat not a giant. He will defeat sin and death. And he won't defeat sin and death with, uh, you know, five stones or what? Three, I can't remember now. Five, I think it was five stones. Wasn't sure, it? Five, five. stones. Yeah, we got, we got to go back and get our <laughs> details right. We got to get it's the details. All good. But Jesus because defeated, they mean something. They mean all those something, right? No, 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 that's allegorical, Trey. You can't do that. Shucks. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, um, you know, Jesus delivers us from sin and death by mm-hmm. dying in our place. Yes. You see what I'm saying? And so, so, you know, 
what this story is showing us when you relate it to the rest of the Bible is how God, he is ultimately our deliverer. He will deliver us from our enemies and mm-hmm. our ultimate enemy, sin and death. And so, so again, when you're reading through these Old Testament narratives, you, you look at that story and every story has a plot. Every story has a setting. Every story has a character and just remind or some characters, just reminding yourself of that, uh, reading that singular story, connecting the dots to the stories that are around it mm-hmm. and connecting the dots to the entire Bible and seeing how it all works together. So the unity of the Bible when we read, cannot just be ignored. No, you know we and, and 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 again, I think it is important that we understand that the picking and choosing is very difficult to ever get an understanding of what it's saying. If you're just going to say, "Well, I'm going to read Proverbs today, and then tomorrow I'm going to read Genesis," and then you know just bounce around all yeah. the time, and yet, unfortunately, a lot of people do that. You know, they're yeah. just. Uh, I read three chapters, and we, and I, and I will say I'm at fault. Just read. I always say, just read something. Yeah. yeah. So. Uh, there is there is a huge benefit in reading, uh, having done it this this year, uh, ha- reading it line by line, verse by verse, yeah, you know, through yeah, the whole thing. Yeah. It gives you this overarch. It does give you that overarching yeah, feel. You need that. You know you th- that, that unity is there, and it's you all working that. together to you accomplish. So, a few resources that are helpful as you're learning how to read the Bible better. Um, one is a good study Bible, mm, right? Amen. Whether it's the CSB study Bible or the ESV study Bible. Mm-hmm. One of those study Bibles that's going to help you put some of these pieces together. What's so helpful about the um, ESV study Bible is that in the introduction to each book, uh, they actually have a section called um, um, a History of Salvation Summary. Oh, that's good. And yeah. so they'll take a, they'll just in a paragraph actually tell you how this particular Bible book relates to the rest of the Bible, and that's really helpful. Mm-hmm. Um, so the CSP study Bible doesn't have that particular feature, but it is still, you get those notes at the bottom of the page that kind of help you fill in some of the gaps. So having a good study Bible really is important when you are learning how to read scripture. Well, uh, two, there's a great book called how to read the Bible for all its words mm. by two gentlemen. Uh, I can't think of their last, their first names, but the last names are fee and Stuart. Mm-hmm. They do Gordon exactly. Fee good, and yes. It's Gordon fee. And I can't remember the Stuart guy, uh, but yeah. anyway, um, Doug, we'll call him Doug. That might, that sounds right. Maybe it is Doug. I don't know, but we'll call him. I had Doug. to read that in seminary. Yeah, so. Feenster. Well, every yeah, that's a big book we use. No, it's not really a big book. It's, it's a pretty short yeah, book, it's, but it's it's widely used in our seminaries to help teach what we call mm-hmm. hermeneutics. That's another conversation. Um, but that's it's a very easy read, mm-hmm. and it does exactly what we're doing. It takes you through the different genres and helps you think about how to read each genre of scripture. And so that's a that's a very accessible. A very easy to read book, a very helpful book. I mean, I wish everybody would read that book. I think it would really help you. And uh, third, um, what's been helpful for me um, is is uh, some YouTube videos. I think we, I shared this with a guy that you yeah. had a conversation yeah, with the other yeah. day. Uh, many of you have heard of this. It's called The Bible Project. Mm-hmm. So if you'll go on YouTube and just, or actually they have a website called thebibleproject.com, I believe. But if you'll search for The Bible Project, what these guys have done is they have done animated they do it really, really well. And, and the guy and when we who does say animated, it, it's drawing animated. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's not, not like, like uh, they're doing a cartoon. Yeah, it's not like Bugs Bunny, right? Yeah, it's, yeah. It's kind of, yeah, kind of. You have to see it you to understand. See it, understand but it, but it's really, it's neat. really, really good. But the guy who who does it, I mean, he's like a PhD from somewhere, mm-hmm. and he um he does an overview of every book of the Bible and shows how it how that book uh, fits into uh, the overall theme of Scripture or overall uh, a story of the Bible. He uh, points out some features in each, but it's just really good. Mm-hmm. And the videos aren't very long. They're seven to 10 minutes yeah, tops yeah, very, on each awesome. book. And it just, it's done very, very, very well. Uh, and I, I've watched most of those videos and they're super helpful. 
And so those are some resources that would help you as you are learning how to read the Bible better. Uh, but when you're thinking about that narrative, right, just just avoid some of the dangers of moralizing, mm-hmm. uh, looking for hidden meanings. Just read the text, ask some questions, right? What is the author really trying to say here? Mm-hmm. How is this story connected to the rest of the book? How is this story connected to the overall story of the Bible? If you'll do that, right, you'll be well on the way to reading the Bible well. And you can do that. That's not too difficult to do. I think this has been uh, a great way to just start the process of saying, okay, how does the Bible impact my life? Yeah. And it's, it's not, the Bible is not a book that we can just make it say whatever we nope. want it to nope. say. Nope. It is saying something and we need to listen to what God is saying to us. Right. Otherwise we kind of lose the whole meaning of the, yeah. of the word of God. So. Yeah. All right, Pastor. Well, this has been great, and uh, I appreciate you just opening this. Uh, I, re- I just really feel like it's a treasure box that we can yeah. go and we can get some real treasure out of this now. It's going to be good. Yeah, so uh, uh, close us out and get us ready for next week. All right. hope today's been helpful for you. hope you've been encouraged. hope you've learned something. If this is, has been helpful, hit that subscribe button so you can have new content delivered to your device every single week. Leave us a five-star review that helps get the word out about our podcast. And as always... We hope today's episode has helped you connect faith to life.